Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we've got another amazing episode for you guys. Uh, before we get started, Eric, as always, just wanted to check in how things been for you for the past week. Uh, it's been okay. Sister's in town. Um, everybody's really in town right now, so it's just been kind of hanging out, relaxing, uh, having a good time. Uh, nice little way away, like time away from work a bit, you know, you, despite working. It's nice <laughs> to just not have to come home and be stuck sitting in the house. So, Right. Um, well, contrary to the topic we're going to talk about tonight, you guys actually had a new addition to the family come in. Indeed. Yeah. My uh, niece was born, uh, few, well, at this point, about a week ago. Um so, you know, we got a chance to go see her, spent a couple hours over there and uh, just been talking about the baptism that's coming up in a couple of weeks and, you know, how, how we're doing that, because I guess you can't have more than 10 people there. Uh, so now we're, I think my sister's trying to find uh, a way to get a few extra people in there since, you know, they got my girlfriend and then my sister's boyfriend is here and, uh, my other sister's brother-in-law's girlfriend isn't is around so it's like trying to figure out how to get everybody in there so i don't know we'll see how that goes but uh yeah it's it cool um you know everything went well kid is born um she's a chubby little thing i hear she likes to go to the bathroom a lot i don't know <laughs> <laughs> some gross things that happened when we went to visit her so <laughs> well on that note, I think we'll get into today's topic. All righty. <laughs> so uh, t- today we decided to uh, concentrate on something that we haven't really talked a whole lot about, and that's uh, different gods of death from different mythologies. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the angel of death in tradition, um, which is actually an interesting topic in and of itself. But... Um, I don't know. Have we ever talked on the angel of death at all? Uh, I think we did, but it was, I don't know if it was, I think it was Perry. It was a long time ago. We did an angelology episode. Oh, right. Yeah. Angel of death was brought in. Okay. But uh, yeah, so this one is going to kind of concentrate on old gods. Um, I mean, some people can say that maybe these are all one in the same, which they all do have very similar backgrounds somewhat just because they are gods of death. Uh, some of them have similar birth 
um, backgrounds. But um, I found it really fascinating going through to find, I found three different articles. One of them was the top 10, uh, 10 gods of death. Uh, there was a top 25 gods of death, destruction, and the underworld. And um, there was another one, gods and goddesses of death and mythology. It was just really fascinating to read through this stuff. Um, but uh, I think, you know, by far, and, and Eric, you can pick your favorite at some point, but I, my all-time favorite has always been Anubis. And... Uh, oddly enough, Anubis will be playing a role in the uh, the Legendary Creature Project series. Uh, that's going to be the last in the, the trilogy. So it, I think that kind of plays on my favoritism a little bit. But uh, for those of you that don't have never heard of Anubis, Anubis uh, isn't only a god of death, but also of embalmment and tombing. Anubis, uh, Anubis was believed to be the son of Osiris and Nephthys. Uh, Osiris was also a god of death, and Nephthys was the goddess of the sky and mourning. Uh, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, not M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Uh, Anubis is believed to have, have a significant canine face, usually a jackal, uh, with the body of a man. Uh, there have been depictions where he's a full-bodied jackal, uh, so many different depictions, but the most common one is that. And when someone dies, Anubis takes them to the underworld where they're under the care of Osiris. Anubis's duties as a god of death are to ensure that the deceased gets a fair burial and judgment in the afterlife. Uh, Anubis is also believed to assist with resurrection. According to mythology, Anubis acts like the bodyguard for Osiris, where he uses his physical prowess to tackle the attackers. Not only he oversees death and its related matters, but is also the gun and justice. So one particular god of death who had actually more responsibilities than just ferrying the dead to the afterlife. Right. So I guess I started with my all-time favorite. Do you, is there one that you had an all-time favorite that you wanted to start out with? Is there one specific you just wanted to start out with that's not your favorite? Uh, not particularly. It's I mean Anubis. You can I think I'm with you on favorite. I mean it's a dog basically, so of course <laughs> it's gonna be my favorite. Um, right. Anything with the dog head is pretty much okay by me. So. <laughs> Uh, but there's a, like you said earlier, there are a lot of different, um, a, t- a lot of different types of gods of death. And some of them aren't even particularly gods per se, more like spirits or entities that are lesser mm. beings. Uh, but nonetheless, they all have a similar aspect or a similar relation to each other in that they typically uh, do work in terms of leading uh, a human spirit from one place to another. And that's not always the hell, like people have this misconception that the God of death is coming to not only kill, but then is going to take you to the underworld because we always link death in the underworld for some reason. And it's probably a lot of, uh, with like Hades and hell and Greek mythology and all that stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're actually 
do a number of things. And that's not just taking them to hell, it could take them to heaven, they could take them elsewhere uh, entirely, like a whole new dimension uh, that's separate from the earth itself. One that I actually found really interesting that I liked a lot was a god by the name, or a goddess, I should say, by the name of Sedna. Uh, she comes from Inuit mythology, and Sedna is the goddess of the sea, marine animals, and the underworld. Now, she's also regarded as the mother of sea and mistress of the sea. There are many versions of Sedna's story, but the most popular one is where she was bluffed into marrying a falmer. Now, he appeared as a handsome man and promised a full life of luxuries. But when her father came to know about his reality, uh, which was not so promising, uh, he tried to rescue his daughter and took her back in his kayak. Now, the entire family of this person uh, ended up chasing Sedna. And to save himself, the father drowned Sedna and chopped off her fingers that Sedna used to cling to the boat. Sedna drowned and became the ocean spirit, while her fingers became the fish, whales, walruses, and seals. Now, the goddess of the ocean and destruction has a good side, as she sends food to her people uh, where she rules. However, she isn't, if she isn't worshipped properly, she doesn't spare anyone from her wrath and starvation and makes people suffer uh, all around the globe, especially if they're close to, uh, to the ocean. Now, where her death comes in is the fact that she's capable or has the abilities supposedly, supposedly uh, to destroy only those who don't worship her. Now, that means, as far as I can tell, based on the research, is you actually have to believe in this particular entity in order for her to have any true power over you or your life. Uh, but I thought it was an interesting tale uh, in which the creatures of the sea were created uh, and Basically, life, as you knew it back then, came to begin and cease. Yeah, that's an actually really interesting one. So uh, just reading up on these different gods, one that I found a little fascinating, and some of these kind of play into uh, what we know as Satan today, too. I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Um, but uh, the name of this god is Kernobog. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's from Slavic mythology, also known as Kurt, Kazernobog, and Chernobog. This is the god. Uh, this god is the embodiment of evil and darkness and everything unfortunate known to mankind. The name Kernobog itself translated to dark master or black god, which is a clear depiction of how power over destruction havoc, night, and all unfortunate things. Uh, according to Slavic history, Kernobog has the most feared, was the most feared god with a highly mysterious nature that made him even more frightening to people. Now, he is believed to be the ruler of the chaos, night, winter, and could generate all the evils around the, the earth. It was said that the impact of his powers begins with the winter solstice. Uh, imagine that, a, a time of that we consider a time of death to begin with, when the nights are the longest and would last up to spring when the power would switch in favor to Belabog, the god of goodness, light, and summer. So that's a kind of a 
cool correlation to kind of like uh, what you were talking about with uh, I already forgot the god that you brought up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, name was uh, uh, Sedna. Okay. Uh, so it, it's interesting to see that correlation that, that this god kind of goes along with winter and, and what we believe today to kind of have be a dark time uh, and kind of a, a time of death and decay because of the the things happening to trees and plants and stuff like that. Right. For sure. Well, and yeah, and I think that's uh, something important to consider as well as when we, at least in the paranormal community, we often think of the God of death or an angel of death as simply being the, the bringer of death to humanity. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it could be the death of any life force, whether that be plants or an animal or uh, whatever it is that might have some sort of soul or spirit within it per se, Mm. uh, depending on what you believe, of course, Um, or I should say any sort of life force. So, when you look at earth, basically water is the life force of all living beings. Uh, so anything that has water in it can potentially be something that can be killed. And there is belief that maybe uh, the, these trees and stuff don't simply just live and survive and die on their own, but that there's a higher power behind that as well. Uh, whether it be one God or as we're going through here, multiple gods based on your religions, your faiths, so it's really something to consider. You know, there are different gods or different elements too. And you consider the god of earth or the god of air, the god of the sea, the god of uh, of uh, forests, you know, things like that. So really interesting. One that I came across here is is actually one that I, came, <laughs> I learned about long ago. Uh, I actually came across her in a book called, and, and I'd mentioned it on the show several times, but it's a book called The Encyclopedia of Demons and Demonology by Rosemary Ellen Gilley. Uh, now, I this was one of the very first books I picked up when I was doing my demonology research uh, when we first started out. And of course, I came across this particular goddess by the name of Kali. And Kali is a goddess within Hindu mythology. It was very interesting to me. Uh, she often takes on like a blue color of her skin as she has mm-hmm. four arms and is known as a goddess of death, uh, but also as a goddess of war, uh, according to Hindu mythology. Now, not only uh, is she, does she have a great history on the battlefield, but she also has a terrifying appearance with a bloody knife in her hand. Akali is known for her fierceness to her. Think of uh, any type of beautiful creature that's very venomous, you know. Uh, Her gory appearance makes her stand out while the believers think she is the rescuer of women in danger. Now, according to Hindu mythology, her appearance is only one side of her personality. She has a good side that she uses to save innocence from suffering and ending up in ugly death but she's also believed to protect the world against demons. Uh, So much like when you think of uh, 
the Christian faith. You think of the Archangel Michael, who is believed to be a warrior and one who protects many from or protects the world from demonic entities. You know, whenever you have a uh, exorcism, as we talked about last week, we do ex whenever an exorcism is being performed, the Archangel Michael is one of the angels, one of the most popular angels and prominent ones that are uh, called upon in terms of casting out this demon because he is a warrior angel. Uh, now, in Hindu mythology, there were many warriors who would uh, call upon Kali as strength when going into war because she was this battle goddess. She, like I said, she was a war goddess who often brought death to her enemies and therefore was believed that if you were empowered by her, then she through you would bring death upon your enemies as well, keeping you safe throughout the, the battle. Yeah, Kali's always been an interesting one to me just because she, she doesn't just represent death and war, but she also uh, protects uh, innocent souls that were, were killed uh, wrongly a lot of times, too. Mm -hmm. um, so I found that like super fascinating. Now, she doesn't have just a, a vicious side, but also a, um, a kind side as well. Um, so that's that's cool that uh, you'd brought her up because I, I, that's one of, again, I hate to say favorite because then that means that I'm like somehow personifying them. And that's not the case. <laughs> it's just, it's an intro of death, I guess I should say. Um, but uh, one that actually I found fascinating in this research and, and it's from a mythology that you don't really hear a whole lot about is in Persian mythology. Uh, his name was Aramon and is considered to be the ancient equivalent to Satan. Uh, the god of death and destruction is also the bringer of death, ills, diseases, and every evil in the world. Again, something you kind of see common in a lot of mythologies. Uh, Aramon is believed to have many demons at his disposal, uh, kind of similar to what we know as Satan today. Uh, these demons are known as divas, who are responsible for spreading and injecting evil across the world. Interesting wording injecting evil mm -hmm. across the world uh the main weapon Aramon used against humanity and all the goodness is the world oh, in the world was lust uh that was his sin of choice many people believe that Aramon is the predecessor of satan rua mazda Aramon armimon's brother uh is believed to triumph over his hellish brother and Put the goodness back in the world and again you kind of see that uh battle between two brothers uh in the case of christianity uh we believe lucifer is satan and you know satan and uh lucifer and michael battle in the end um right. to to for the fate of the world so really interesting uh don't know if there is any correlation between the two, but I thought that was kind of fascinating that there was a true kind of uh, connection between the two mythologies. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, there, there's always seems to be some sort of connection. And this goes back to some of our discussions in the past, where when you look into, and I think it was two episodes ago, uh, when we we're talking about various religions or faiths, um, 
and how they almost seem interwoven in some way, uh, each one being slightly different from another, sometimes drastically different, uh, but with the same concept in mind for some of them. I mean, thinking about like um, something like, uh, well, well, when you read the Quran, you think read the Quran compared to the Holy Bible, there's stories that are very similar, uh, yet different and separate and that could very well be because uh this is all comes from the, the story all comes from the same source but like telephone as the news spreads that story changes and then you have a manipulation of the original faith and it becomes these other faiths that come around you know as we see in the world today uh, and some of them are a little more drastic some of them are newer faiths and religions uh that are actually relatively young uh, and others are much older you know so where it all actually all begins and where it one day ends, no one really knows for sure, but that's what the whole point of putting your faith into the system. And I say system right. in a, that's a bad word to use, but you know, <laughs> we're you both using words that we should be using. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I get what you're saying though. Yeah. <clears throat> so, there is this other god. I actually find myself do, during this research really interested in a lot of the goddess uh, stories uh, as opposed to the gods, minus uh, like Anubis and a couple of the others. But uh, some of the female incarnations of these gods are just really interesting. They have different backstories uh, that are both mm. good, often good and bad. And many of these women are often seen as good and bad, a mix of both. Um, it, but one that I actually really enjoyed reading was a story about a goddess by the name of Meng Pao, which comes from Chinese mythology. Now, in Chinese mythology, uh, there are several claims um, or claims that there are several realms beneath the earth. Uh, now, Meng Pao is responsible for the Dayu realm, uh, which is basically the realm of the dead, which is pretty you can tell Dayu, you would think that has to be dead. But the goddess's task is actually to ensure that the souls who are to be incarnated uh, have their memories wiped out so they do not remember anything about their previous life or their time in hell. Now, this is a, a belief of reincarnation. We see this through multiple religions throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And the idea here is obviously you live your life and then for a period of time uh, between your past life and the life to come, uh, you end up in either hell or purgatory, or maybe it's heaven or whatever. Uh, and then when suddenly your number comes up and you're reincarnated and you go back to earth, well, she's the one erasing your mind. So you don't remember anything from the past, uh, regardless of whether it was on earth or in uh, one of the heavenly realms. Now, for the same reason of her being able to erase the memories of these people, uh, she is also often referred to as the goddess of forgetfulness. Now, the goddess is believed to serve the soup on the bridge of forgetfulness. Uh, this soup is basically a special recipe that the goddess prepares herself by collecting herbs from various streams and ponds. This particular soup is what wipes the memory of the person who is to be incarnated into the next life to ensure they move on without any burdens uh, and experiences of their previous life. 
she is believed to meet the dead souls at the entrance of the Fengdu realm. So, you know, I, I just thought this was really interesting because it's, it's like, you also often wonder, I guess, because we have, hear these stories of people who uh, supposedly remember their past lives or remember, you know, going to hell or whatever during, you know, mm-hmm. when we talked about our, um, what, what episode was that? The, 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 can't think of what it's called. Uh, the death podcast or episode uh, where people would die and then come back With to life. Jerry. Um, near death. Yeah. Near death experiences. Yep. Huh? Know why it's so hard to remember that but yeah the near-death experience episode we talked about that bit you know you know people remembering what they saw on the other side and it makes a lot of sense why if incarnation or reincarnation uh is a real thing why you'd have to have your mind erased because i mean let's face it how messed up would you be to come back after experiencing who knows how long in hell you know it right. could be literally a whole nother lifetime of torture and and who knows what else and then they come back onto earth and still remember all that probably pretty pointless you know <laughs> you're not gonna be able to live your life uh as fulfill as fulfillingly as maybe you're supposed to um but this whole idea of reincarnation has always been really interesting to me as well right. it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense uh just logically it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but it's also really interesting to think like some of these, these faith who say, Oh, well, you have multiple chances to get to heaven, you know, uh, or, or to reach Nirvana or whatever faith mm-hmm. it is and what they believe. And it's like, you have one life, you die, but then you're reincarnated and you can have a, or incarnated again and you can do it again. Another thing, by the way, difference between incarnated and reincarnated really. Uh, Cause as far as I can, understand is in being incarnated is basically to come back as a human whereas reincarnated is to come back as something else entirely um i can't tell you how many times when i was a kid i always dreamed of becoming a wolf or a shark or something like that i want to be i want to be reincarnated as something cool (laughs) you know but that doesn't make much sense either like oh hey i mean maybe your human life sucks maybe you'll like living as a tiger let's try that i would be love living as some extraterrestrial on another planet altogether. If that it'd probably thing. be the exact same life you're living now and they'd be having the same conversations. Like, do you think humans are real? I see <laughs> that's where the UFOs are coming from. They're from these creatures called humans. <laughs> if <laughs> that that's an interesting concept. <laughs> um all right. Uh to go on to one of the last ones that I found kind of rather fascinating. Uh Wairo, I believe, is the pronunciation. Uh, it's a Maori mythology. Uh, Wairi is the god of death and known as the lord of evil and or darkness. Uh, they are said to be responsible for the ills of all persons. And they say they because it, uh, the depiction of this being is kind of a yin and yang deal. So it's almost looks like two gods merged into one. Uh, it is also believed that Wyro gained his, his powers by eating the bodies of the people who die and are descended into the underworld. Wyro is known as the embodiment of all evil, a contrast to his brother, who is also his enemy, Tain. 
The process of eating the dead makes Wyro sufficiently powerful to break free of the underworld, which will enable them to rise to the surface and devour everything and anything on it. This is why cremation is put into place to prevent this because Wyro cannot gain strength from ashes. Wyro is believed to live in Taiwatuki, the house of death, which is a deep and dark cave that contains all the evil, including black magic. Very interesting. Yeah. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo. And co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema. Cinema. Our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. Any others that well, you there, wanted to touch base on? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of others, but one that I think I, I kind of want to bring up is one that's actually relatively new. Um, and I mean, you know who it is, or at least you, I don't know if you know the name of the demon it represents. This isn't really a god. This is more like a demonic entity as opposed to a god because there's a multitude of these creatures. Uh, and it's an uh, a creature called the Shiniga, uh, I think it's a Shinigami, I think it's how it's spelled, it's S-H-I-N-I-G-A-M-I, it's a spirit of Japanese mythology. Mm-hmm. Shinigami, Shin- maybe? Shinigami, maybe that's what it is, Shinigami. Uh, and this particular creature is more of a grim reaper type of spirit as opposed to a god, and of course there are grim reaper-like gods uh, that we could certainly talk about this one's a little different now the shinigami is not a single god but a name given to a group of japanese soul rippers uh which by the way just such a cool name a soul ripper that's dope (laughs) uh the concept uh, of these particular entities is relatively new to japanese mythology Uh, they're agents that are known as the grim reaper the death spirit or the death uh, bringer. These supernatural spirits or gods invite humans toward death in certain aspects of Japanese culture and religion. Now, as for their conduct, uh, they're described as basically monsters, helpers, and creatures of darkness. And they're often mentioned in religions and tales, uh, both within Japanese culture, but within several areas of Japanese culture. And depending on the area, the story changes slightly. Uh, Anyone who knows anything about, uh, whether it be comics or anime, you may have heard of a story, even watched a movie on Netflix called Death Note. Uh, The Mm -hmm. uh, Shinigami is basically what the death note demon is that's exactly what it's representing uh, in this case and it's some believe that you can maybe manipulate them or at least conjure them to do your bidding not unlike we see in 
like the lesser key of Salomon and which we also talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, and various other uh, spiritual practices, uh, especially in the dark arts where you can summon demons and use them uh, accordingly. In fact, some believe that if you were to cast a magic spell, whether it be white magic or dark magic, there are entities beyond our understanding uh, or at least beyond what we can see that are actually uh, formulating and taking on those, those, those magic uh, rituals. So if you're, it's like, <laughs> we talked about so much actually on this, just thinking of this episode, like going through it, it's like, wow, we keep touching up on things that we've touched on in the past recently. Mm. Uh, and the idea of putting out emotions or ideas or thoughts and those thoughts coming true, if you have a faith in it, there is a belief in many cultures that when you do that, something latches onto it and makes it happen. Uh, and that's kind of what these, the Shinigami are kind of doing as well. That's why they're considered helpers. Uh, you can call upon them and they can do whatever bidding you want them to do. Uh, or help you in some way, but they're also demonic entities, creatures of darkness, and monsters. So really inter right. interesting type of mythology. And like I said, it's broken down into several aspects, depending on the, the area within J uh, Japan, but more or less, they're pretty much all the same. Uh, it's just kind of a diverse uh, little culture. Right. I don't think they could have picked a better person than Willem Dafoe to play that role. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, to kind of end the the this part of the episode, I thought we would kind of touch base on the angel of death. Um, you know, we have talked about it in the past. Um, and the one thing about the angel of death from a Bible standpoint, I believe there is never a name mentioned in the Bible itself. Um, but uh, in um, Islam, uh, another Abrahamic religion, uh, Azrael is the one named as the angel of death. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know if there's any correlation between this, uh, but there's all his name is also pronounced Israel. Uh, makes it kind of sound like Israel. Mm -hmm. um, and as Israel, uh, those are the two pronunciations. Um, he, he was the angel of death uh, who separates souls from their bodies. He is one of the four archangels, Jibril, Mikal, and Israfel is his three brothers. Uh, and the Islamic counterpart of the Judeo-Christian angel of death, uh, and a lot of people who are in the Judeo-Christian religions do believe Azrael is the name of the, the angel of death. But uh, in the Bible itself, and Eric, you can touch on this way more than I can, uh, there is no actual name for the angel of death. And sometimes there's a belief that the angel of death isn't even an angel. So I want to you to kind of cover that part of it. Right. Uh, so actually there is a name mentioned in the Bible for the angel of death or whether, I guess, yes, you could say more a angel of death, maybe not the angel of death, uh, but it is mentioned in the book of revelation, of course, of all places, what better book to mention the angel of death than the one that's <laughs> really just destroying the world. Um, 
I will read it. Oh, I, don't, I personally like the NIVs. I know a lot of our listeners don't. So let's go ahead and use the King James Bible today. Uh, and then I'll maybe with the NIV, I'll just go ahead and read that one too as a bit of a translation. Uh, but it says, this is Revelation 9-11. It says, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek, Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon. Uh, I guess I don't really have to read the NIV because that one made a lot of sense, right? Sometimes <laughs> the King James Version doesn't always make sense with all the has and thous and these and right. crazy other words. Uh, but Apollyon actually in Greek basically means destroyer. Uh, so this is the angel of destruction or the angel of death. Uh, in Hebrew, it's he's called Abaddon. So he does indeed exist in the Christian scriptures. And this is uh, certainly an angel that comes from the abyss. And as far as you know about the abyss, it is a type of hell. It's the bottomless uh, pit. So uh, he does exist. And he is uh, one heck of an angel that is going to release a crazy amount of wrath upon the earth. Uh, And he's given charge, if I'm not mistaken, over uh, I don't know if it's the entirety of the earth or just the third. And most of everything that happens in the revel in Revelation, uh, or people are gone, you know, destroyed by thirds. Uh, the kingdoms are destroyed by thirds. The earth basically destroyed by thirds. Uh, so it it exists. There's something at least there. And I'm sure if we look into other passages throughout various other texts and not just within Christianity, but in any other faith, you'll find an angel of death of some sort. Uh, maybe not nearly as strong as what we're seeing here uh, or as with Azrael, but nonetheless, a version of it, which again could be the grim reaper. Uh, a lot of people think, Oh, well, death, that's the angel of death is just the, the horseman that rode on a pale horse right? The scout, we all see the pictures of the skeleton right. uh, in a black cloak riding the pa- uh, pale horse. And one of the first, ho- the first horsemen, I think, no, it's the fourth horseman that comes up, the uh, horseman of, of death. So, and with behind him is basically multitudes of hell following behind. But he's actually not quite the angel. He too, although was interestingly enough, will be thrown into the pit once God comes back and uh, puts an end to the destruction of the earth, everything that comes out of it is then thrown back into it uh, for an eternal torture, basically. So, yeah. And that's, that's where I kind of don't understand because there is a difference in the name, the horseman of death and the angel of death. Right. I mean, it, it's I I get how there could be some type of of connection there, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's it's worded differently, so why wouldn't it be two different entities? Right, uh, and they not the same. You're right, and they very much are two different entities. At least we see that in the Christian culture that they're two different entities. Uh, the Horseman of Death is named separately from Abaddon, who is mm-hmm. literally quoted as the angel of the bottomless pit. Um, Some people think that Abaddon, Apollyon, Azrael are just other names given to Lucifer, to Satan, 
uh, that very well could be Beelzebub is another one. Uh, there in demonology, you'll see that Beelzebub is one of the princes of darkness uh, that is very well associated with Satan. And so some people think that they are one and the same being. Uh, and when you read through the text, you see that too. Even in the scripture, you see Beelzebub. Uh, it's just another name given to Satan. Uh, Beelzebub is possessing somebody, I think, in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels. And it, even though they use, say, Beelzebub, they still give him a slightly different uh, feeling, I guess, or a different uh, relation to the overall story than what Satan is. But they're still, in what I understand, they're pretty similar in terms of their ranking uh, within the demon hierarchy. Right. All right, folks. I think that pretty much sums up the gods of death uh, topic. We will take a quick break and we will be right back with Fairy Truth Radio. Hi, I'm Brooke Haley Martin. And I'm Erin Skrivak. And we have a little web series called Audition, Audition Life. Life. Inspired by true events, our series focuses on all the things that could potentially go wrong in an audition. And trust me, what can go wrong will. You can watch the series by going on www.auditionlifetheseries.com or by following us on the Instagram handle at Audition Life the Series. Break, Break a leg! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we've been discussing the gods and goddesses, let's be politically correct here, of death. Um, interesting little topic, you know, is we always do, we do a lot of these very short notice unless we have something like Christmas coming up where we're months mm. in advance planning stuff out. And as you'd said a couple of weeks ago, it gets difficult <laughs> to come up with a topic when you've done literally hundreds of topics um some some of them more than once but discussing the gods and goddesses of death was something we've never actually done before uh, of course we've mentioned them here and there a couple of them uh depending on what the topic was but we've never actually did a, a full episode of just discussing the various differences between them and similarities right and the the one thing that i had mentioned earlier is how different the stories seem to be between goddesses and gods, uh, especially in terms of either how they were formed or uh, how their essence or personality is uh, to the people around them. It's very rare um, in some instances to find a god of death who is also kind and who is going to help be a helper to humanity. Whereas goddesses on the other hand are both, for the most part, kind to humanity, but also just justifying, you know, they, they'll, mm. they're, they're goddesses of death. So, and I don't know if that's, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just uh, in terms of story, you know, when some of these uh, particular gods are created or made up, whether or not they're real or just a, a, a part of literature, uh, but I think it has a lot to do with the idea of the female representation being a nurturing, mm. nurturing uh, entity, you know, some, someone who's motherly, who's loving, uh, who's caring, but who also is justice, who can, uh, you know, throw the ax down if they need to uh, and get everything in order. 
where for some reason the male side of the entities have always been kind of more <clears throat> uh, masculine, a little more angry, more war-torn uh, individuals, despite a few there's a couple, you know, there's a couple we didn't even discuss that were mentioned right. that actually have two sides of them as well. Uh, I mean, in Christianity, God, period, you know, Jesus is seen as both uh, someone who's loving, caring, uh, fulfilling, but also someone who is of justice and destruction and, uh, you know, who, who, who plays both sides, but in a very righteous way which is what we see a lot of the goddesses doing as well in some of these stories mm-hmm. um it's not an unjust uh type of death or way of doing things but it's right. righteous in what it is you know it's this nurturing uh, aspect to them so I, I thought that was the most interesting thing in, in regards to all these gods and goddesses and how they compare is just the difference between the male and the female entities right uh, kind of like uh, I brought you into this world I can take you out as well type of thing yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> well it what fascinates me is that uh, the the job of death was kind of predominated by the male side and and le- much less so by the female side I don't know mm-hmm. if that is because uh the the female counterpart is kind of like you said represented both good uh and bad type personalities um and those aren't the right words either uh good and bad but um and that's why a lot of religions didn't use the the female version over or a male version so i w- i thought that was kind of fascinating too that there there was definitely a uh, it was the job of the male gods to be death bringers. Right. Well, it, it, you have to consider this too. It, it, that's really interesting as well is in Christianity, there's only one God. That's, that's right. all we know. There's one God who does it all. Uh, whereas something like Greek mythology, there are a multitude of gods who are limited by power. Uh, some of them more strong than others, uh, but each one given a specific career choice if you will right maybe it's not even a choice right. <laughs> it clearly it isn't uh they're born with it but it's like one has the power to give life another one the power to take it one has the power to bring rain and thunder while the other one has the power to bring out the sun you know and things like things like that so why one religion will choose a multitude of gods compared to another you know, I mean, there's there's speculations. I, I could throw a few out, but it's just interesting, and I think it's because uh, no one really can fathom a being that is all powerful, like in Christianity. Um, you know, mainly I think because logically and just in human nature, there's no such thing as a human that's all powerful. We all have weaknesses. Right. Humanity has a weakness. And so it would only make sense in the spiritual realm as well. So I think that's the reason why some religions differ in terms of how many gods they have and the hierarchies and power traits to them. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, 
most religions uh, based their their gods and goddesses on uh, humanity, really, just because a lot of gods and goddesses, um, even Christianity, depicts a a sex to a god, and in reality, most of the time, these entities, whether you want to call them gods, goddesses, whatever probably don't even have what we would call a sex so right oh that i mean right you're right uh i mean even in the scriptures the angels are deemed of not necessarily having a sex as well right um so it's really well and the other thing is and i don't know if we've talked i'm sure we've talked about this during our angelology episode is that people always see creatures like the angels as being these uh, beautiful creatures with big white fluffy wings or playing harps and, you know, very humanistic. But when you read the Bible and you read some of the, the descriptions of these creatures, like the seraphim, for example, they're actually very horrifying entities. Right. They're monstrous. Uh, there's nothing really human about them. They're, they're completely only could be made up by imagination uh, really in, in fictional works. So it's it, it's just weird, you know, and I think the other thing is maybe they're not all, maybe not all these religions are based on humanity and some of these other gods and goddesses. Maybe these were just actual entities that these people encountered that weren't actually quote unquote gods, capital G, but lowercase gods or lowercase g gods, which would be your angels and your demons. And we've talked about this in the past. Uh, you think mm-hmm. of entities like Ra and Baal. Uh, these could very well be demonic entities who had a run of the earth after the fall. Uh, that is after, if we're talking about Christianity, the fall of angels uh, who basically uh, rebelled against God. And they came to earth and they started to teach human humans of the various mathematics and magical arts and things like this and that. So it's very possible that that's why we have a multitude of gods in Greek mythology, maybe because there were a multitude of demons or angels that were over there at the time teaching various things. Uh, and these people, as they often did, when you look out through history, even today, you look at Hollywood, uh, how quickly people will lift a person up and worship them as some sort of golden idol. Uh, you know, so I think that's very, it's very possible. That's what is happening in some of these uh, mythologies where there's multitude of entities. Right. Right. Well, and on top of that too, um, Greek mythology specifically, I don't, I'm not really sure. I haven't done huge amounts of research in other mythologies, but in Greek mythology, you had the gods that rebelled against Zeus to give humanity Mm -hmm. things too. So that's it's interesting to see that there was another religion that had that kind of uh, mentality too. Uh, oh, you know, you can't rule me. I'm going to go do what I want and teach humans what they need to know type. Right. Thing. Well, and then even that, I mean, you can, we can get so deep into that because then it's like w- when you look at the stories of Zeus, I mean, he's also not all powerful per se. Um, you know, the, he has a couple weaknesses. So is Zeus... Uh, 
it, it, there's been people who said, and I've read and listened to people talk about it, how Zeus is relatable to the Christian God. Um, but is it possible that maybe Zeus is just an angel who had a hierarchy under him that followed him and then they rebelled from him as well to go their own way. Right. Uh, and right. that's what we're seeing there. Well, in, in Greek mythology, um, in the different legends, there was a uh, a um, theory or a, a mythology that stated that uh, Zeus was told that another god would take his place. And Zeus was always kind of looking over his shoulder because they didn't say, oh, it's your son or daughter. They just said, a god will take your place. Right. Um because he rebelled against his father and actually killed his father. Um, and then um, he was always worried that one of his offspring would do the same because of this belief. So it's interesting theory. Um, nobody really knows where this all came from, but <laughs> it's interesting to kind of talk about it because it's something that like you said, we haven't really touched base on the different gods of death and kind of not a whole lot on all of the different gods and goddesses as a whole either in mythology. But um, that's about all we've got, I think, uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to touch base on. Nope. Okay. So definitely stay tuned to Paratruth Radio. We're going to keep coming up with a lot of different topics. Um, actually, one that's uh, kind of interesting that uh, I'll talk with Eric about later today. Uh, we might have a guest on about it. But uh, until then, keep tuning in. Keep tuning in to the different shows on New Lantern Media. We have four right now. Uh, we got Beyond Reason, Paratruth Radio, uh, Let's Talk About It, and Paranormal Heart. Um, I'm hoping very soon to add another. Uh, so just stay tuned for all of that. Um, but until next week, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.